interesting. I didn't get, I didn't get into, uh, I don't think I got into that. All right, we've got a, we've got a serious message, and I want us to get serious with it. Uh, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I pray that any and all that hear this message, uh, we wind up recognizing that we have an opportunity that ought not be squandered. We have a commander-in-chief that has spoken. And the more I get into this and the more I realize just how much the culture at large impacts God's people and impacts me. I have to, I, I don't know about you, but there are times I have to go, wait a minute, stop. That's why we quit watching uh, local television, I mean, you know, local news, national news. Uh, just ain't going to do it. Now, I, I'm not blaming anybody that does. I'll get snippets of the news here and there and what's going on, and it's enough to make you pray big time. But we are in a, we are in a situation, we're in a time where we have to recognize there's a conspiracy going on. But it's not what maybe you might think. And so we're going to read some scripture, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to get into this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, would you please start at verse 11? Now we're going to be actually starting at verse 14, but I'm going to open this up at verse 11 with Paul and his heart as he's speaking to the people in Corinth. We've already gone into verse 10. We've preached, I preached through verse 10 in this chapter, Paul says in verse 11, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Let me tell you briefly what he's saying. Corinth don't you recognize our love for you? Somebody has been trying to drag you a wrong, the wrong way. There is conspiracy in the wicked one, and they are at work in you. Listen, we have opened our hearts to you. Please open them to us. We are not lying to you. We have preached what is right. There is a way we are to go. Therefore, in verse 14, Paul continues here. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, because of that, wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty, chapter 7, verse 1, which goes well with the previous chapter, having therefore, 
These promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you please take your instrument and speak that which you would from your word. Give us ears to hear and a heart to understand and obey. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Once again, it's 9-11. And we're reminded of what has taken place in our nation. When we think of 9-11, we think of words like ground zero, hijacking, terrorists. Some people, they wind up thinking this word, conspiracy. Well, I hear you. I don't trust the government either. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. No, you don't know what I mean. Because in Psalm 118, we're told it is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in princes. Read government. But before the Bible says that, it says, put not your confidence in men, in people. In other words, don't trust the people that are writing on the internet about conspiracies and this and that. There's a conspiracy going on, but it's not what some people would have you believe. Conspiracy is straight out of hell, out of the wicked one. You know, quite honestly, when I think of some of the people that are we're wind, we wind up dealing with today, and I know some people are not going to understand when I say this, but maybe some of you will, maybe most of you will, or all of you will, I don't know. But when I'm looking around what has taken place today, and I look at politicians and pundits from Sacramento and Washington, D.C., mainly people on the left, but not all are on the left. There's others. I can't help but think of John 8, 44. Year of your father the devil and the lust of your father. Liar and the father of it. That's them. We deserve grace to speak truth. Listen, we need to recognize our enemy excels in distraction and debate. The distraction is not always in the real wicked stuff. Sometimes the distraction is just enough to keep you from church. Keep you from serving the Lord. And next thing you know, people just start drifting off. That's why I say this. We need to recognize the time that we are in. There is a conspiracy. And it's to get you away from your God-given will.
the will that God has for your life. The desire that he has on you, on me, to use us, to grow us. Well, you know, I tell you what, I'm having a tough time. I had a, I'm not, I mentioned it this morning. I had a tough time this last week. And I was like, Lord, you know, boy, I, I, praise, I praise you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in my life. Please do it. But Lord, would you kind of, and then he just said, listen, you, you know all the challenges that you're having? That's the work I'm doing in you. There are some things that you need to work on. And he was right. Sometimes, folks, when the Lord is working in our life, we're looking at the difficulties and the challenges, and we ask him, Lord, will you take this away? What we really need to be asking him so many times, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? We're, what we have seen in this passage isn't conspiracy. The Lord is trying to get us to look at contrast. Satan excels in getting people all wrapped up in what he wants to get them befuddled in, angry about, all of that. He says, listen, you're bought with a price. That means there's a difference I am making in you. We need to see that. The Lord told Timothy, or Paul told Timothy, the Lord through Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. There's several things I can mention right now, and I'm not going to mention a one of them. Because if I did, when it comes to conspiracy, there would be some, they would absolutely fly away at it, and you might be sitting in this auditorium, but your heart and mind would be a million miles away. We're not going there. There's trifling that the Christian doesn't need to spend time on. Listen, the Greeks and the Hebrews, the Jews, were given to controversy of all kinds. That's why in Athens they had, on Mars Hill, they, they, they had a situation where they would come in and they would present some new thing. We don't need to present any new thing. We just know this. Satan is alive and well and looking to pervert our nation, to bring down the moral structure, and he's working well at it. Christians wind up getting involved in situations that are not that which God said. He's telling us plainly, this is what we need to do. Now, I've got a list here of things that I could mention to you. What is taking place on a national level when it comes to, say, marriage. Or on a state level when it comes to, say, the abortion issue. Trying to make, in our Constitution, this, that California is 
an abortion-safe state, and it's in the Constitution. That's what's going on right now. Am I involved in battling that? Yes. Should you be? Yes. But that's not the main calling. Not at all. Meanwhile, there are young people, their lives are being destroyed by the trans movement. There is a senator, I will name him. His name is Scott Weiner. He's from San Francisco. I think he is absolutely one of the most wicked men in this state. He knows nothing about the nuclear family, and he's doing everything he can to destroy it. He's a tool of the wicked one. But I'm not going to do the will of God by standing up here and berating him. God's people need to understand. We don't go after these things. Oh, we preach against it. But that's not what this message is about tonight. I want you to take a look real quick. We wind up getting a commandment. Look at verse 14. Here's the command. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now that word yoked means bound together in the same task or direction. Christians get themselves in such trouble when they talk themselves into getting bound up with godless people who have every other intent except glorifying God. Do we need to work places? Yes. Are there Christians that are in business? Yes. But when that business starts dragging you out of the local body of Christ, when it winds up starting to blind you to the call of the gospel, you have stepped out of God's will. And be sure your sin will find you out. There is now a contrast. Why? First of all, because of the nature of the believer. Look, if you would please, back at verse 14. For what that we've got to understand. There is a communion, there's a partnership that we find in so many places in life. We've got to weigh out those fellowships, as it were, those partnerships. What fellowship of righteousness with unrighteousness? Stop and consider it. Yeah, but preacher, wait a minute. No, no, no. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? I love Jennifer Ruth when it comes to her, to her approach to the political arena. She is there for the glory of God, and I pray that she's elected. But in participating, she says, at 9 o'clock, I go home, because nothing good takes place after 9 o'clock. She's right. Did you know that Republicans go out and get drunk too, and use God's name in vain, and tell dirty jokes? They are not the salvation of this nation. I'm looking at the salvation of this nation. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. With that which is right, holy, and pure. 
with that which is wrong, that which is immoral. And what communion, the correspondence, what is common with light and darkness. You want to see just how compatible light and darkness are? Go into a dark room and then turn on the light. What takes place? Darkness flees. Light is here. There is no communion. You can't force the two in there. Look at verse 15. And what concord, what, symp- what sympathy, unison, the harmony. It, it's like a symphony is what it's talking about here. What concord hath Christ with Belial? Another word for Satan. They don't work together. They don't have the same goals. Satan wants to destroy what Christ created. Are we listening? This is where we take our lives and we just go through the inventory. I praise God for people that work in critical situations that mankind needs. I praise God for that. You know, when it comes to the medical field, when it comes to law enforcement, all of that. Praise God for that. But we are not here to try to keep a corrupt situation floating. We are here to be salt and light. That's what we're here for. At the same time that we are working in this culture, we ought to be growing in Christ. Amen? What did Christ say? If they hated me, they're going to what? They're going to hate you too. If there's adjustments that you are tempted to make when it comes to that, guess what? In order to evade that, we're no longer what this list is all about. Not at all. Do you believe in Christ? Say amen. With an infidel. With an infidel. In other words, that infidel needs the gospel. There is nothing of a, well, praise God, let's go forward together, you know, with your belief and with mine and we'll make an impact on whatever. Now I understand, again, job, yes. But there is that will continue to collide. There is a situation, <clears throat> excuse me, where our belief system will either be challenged or people will seek after it. I remember that in, 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 in being in construction. We either got laughed at, those guys always talking about God, or we got to talk and give the gospel. And I'm sure some of you, you know exactly. Look at verse 16. And what agreement, now listen to this. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? I think Paul 
is doing a masterful job in painting a portrait, trying to get God's people to recognize this is what this is the situation that we're in. This is what we are. I, I, I love this church building, but it's just a building. We're the temple. Now, you stop and you imagine people that go after idols. I read through just recently, I read through Isaiah, now I'm reading through Jeremiah. And it was so sad to read about how God's people wound up bringing in idols of Belial, or Belial, however you want to pronounce that, into the sanctuary, the temple of God that they had in Jerusalem. And it's like, this, this doesn't fit. Well, Paul is saying, listen, what agreement? Where is it that you can take the temple of God and idols and put them together? It didn't work for the Jews, and it doesn't work for the local church. I was watching a video of people <clears throat> in, uh, in Buddhism and then people in the charismatic movement. And it was absolutely stunning that when it came to the quote-unquote spiritual gifts, the fact was the people that were in the charismatic movement and going after what they were calling out for, it was identical to what was going on with the Buddhists. That wasn't Holy Spirit. That was another spirit. What winds up happening is Satan, again, there's conspiracy. Not contrast, conspiracy. When, 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 when you have a situation where the church begins to change in order to attract the crowd that loves the things in the world, we got a problem. Yeah, but you know, the whole world seems to be going after that. Well, then let the whole world go after that. I want the holiness of God. Amen. Folks, really there are some issues that we need to stop and take note of. We have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. We need to yield to Him. We need to not resist Him. We need to not quench Him, as has been said. We don't do that. But at the same time, we don't tell the Holy Spirit, He needs help. We're going to bring in the Spirit of the age and help Him help, you know, have them work together. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now, again, this is one of those let me pause and meditate on this moments. This is one of those I, I, I need to look at my life. I need to look at my life. Because when we all go home, 
and we're in the world this next week, and we do wind up finding out what's going on here and what's going on there, we will be reminded that the wicked one is screaming conspiracy. This person is right. That, don't you, you realize what's happening? You know, he's a racist. He's a bigot. They love to picture, or excuse me, they love to draw the picture. I'll take the contrast. My Lord helps me decide where and how I live and act, and he does the same for you. He does the same for us all. So Paul, who had a burden for the church at Corinth, and remember, this was a situation where if you wanted to insult somebody, you called them a Corinthian. Why? Because the Corinthian people were known for being immoral, wicked, filthy, perverted. You called them a Corinthian. These people were called out of that. But meanwhile, somebody is trying to win their love and turn them against Paul. And Paul is telling them, listen, I love you open your heart to me. I have opened my heart to you. Can't you hear me? Listen, there is a contrast that the God of heaven has called us to. Be ye not unequally yoked together. Let's continue. Look again at verse 16. <coughs> Excuse me. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Now we can kid about this. We can talk, you know, we could line this place with mirrors. Everybody look at the mirror. Oh boy. You ever seen a picture of yourself and you thought, when did I get that old? When did I get that heavy? When did my hair do that? Don't you love it? Y'all sitting there like, you know, you're pious. Well, I've never done that. Yeah, you have. You've stood before the mirror. You've contemplated, you know. Look, no matter what we look like, we're the temple. You are the tool, the embodiment of what Christ has done for us. In you, when you walk out of here tonight, the Spirit of God goes with you. It doesn't stay here. There's nothing special about this place except this. This is where this local body of Christ meets. Ye are the temple of the living God. Look back at verse 16. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and they will be, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. All of this speaks of things that are shared. And what we're supposed to be sharing is not with what the world has, but what God has. I was reading one commentator, observing him, and he says, you know, when you go through this, 
you see that there's a difference if you break it down. There's a difference in our walk, our wisdom, and our worship. The way we live is different than the world. There is no communion there. The way we think is different than the world. And the way, what we give ourselves to worship is different. It's not what this world has. It's what Christ is. It is nature that determines association. A pig has a pig's nature. You go through Proverbs. Brad, what does a pig wind up going back to? Exactly. That's what they're going to go back to. The Christian doesn't. Might fight with it. But the fact of the matter is, there's been a new nature has been given. A sheep has a sheep's nature. You're not going to see it with a pig. The Christian possesses a divine nature. When you think of that, What do you think? As someone might say, need I say more? There's an unequal yoke that Moses talks about in Deuteronomy through the guidance of the Lord. Deuteronomy 22, thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Why? They don't work together. They're, 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 they're different animals just how they operate, what they are, what's inside of them, what's inbred in them. It's different. With the Christian and with the world, it is the same thing. The Lord desires a harmony. And that is with His people. Look at verse 17 now, the first part. Wherefore, because of what I've just shown you. Wherefore, come out from among them. Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Now this is a quote from a majority of a verse in Isaiah 52. I'm not going to take you to it. But bottom line, this is what we're looking at. We're not to be out of the world so that we can't reach the world. But we're not to be operating with the world with an agreement that takes us, instead of down the will of God in our lives, it takes us to the almighty dollar, the entertainment of the world. These are the things that we need to be careful of. Somebody winds up, it's happened several times in this church, and it breaks my heart. Somebody winds up coming into communion with somebody in this world that wants to get a business going and winds up being pulled away from the work that God called them to because there's money to be made. I've given illustration of that before. And we can so easily fall into it. 
you know what I'm talking about. There can be a situation where it's like, come on, boy, this, this, this is a great endeavor. And it might look good for a while. And then suddenly, the attitude towards the things of God has changed. That's called sin. Don't argue with me. The Bible says so. Folks, we have one shot. How many of you have a, have a situation where you can take your calendar and flip back to yesterday? Oh, you can? And live it again? I didn't think so. We can't do it. Now, I, I don't know, but, you know, I guess there was a movie one time where a guy relived Groundhog Day. I never saw the movie. I, you know, never saw it. But I'll guarantee you, the vast majority of days in my life, I don't want to live over again. There's a few. That'd be great. But there's others. Let it stay on the calendar in the background. Instead, we're going forward. That's what God says. You come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. Christian, we must not associate with that which will compromise our testimony or lead us into disobedience. Let me say that again. We must not associate, Christian, with that which will compromise our testimony or lead us into disobedience. If we instead go forward with the Lord, look at what awaits us in, chapter, in verse 17. And I will receive you. In other words, Welcome back to the ministry. Verse 18. Here's the promise. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith, listen. Who's talking here? Saith the Lord Almighty. Now I'm sure that some of you have at one time or another you have. You, you've, you've sat out at night, you've stood out or whatever, you've been in a situation where you just stare, you, you know, you look up in the sky. How many of you think that's a pretty good sized sky out there? I, I, I think, you know, we're going back to the moon. In the words of the prophet, big deal. You want to see what's going to happen when the Lord takes us out of here? gone and it's not just to the moon you see we're looking at incredible things he says you come and you make me your partner as it were you give me your life I'll be your father and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. 
as we stop and we think of these things in Scripture, we, rec- we realize what has taken place at times in Scripture where the Lord has said, come, and there have been those that have done just that. Abraham separated himself. Ur of the Chaldees didn't know where he was going, but he went. When Abraham compromised and he went to Egypt, God had to chasten him. The Lord wasn't kidding when he said, you follow me. As long as Israel was separated from nations such as Canaan, God blessed them. When they began to mingle with the heathen, oh, my soul. I, I'm, 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 tell, you know, I'm telling you. Ezra and Nehemiah had to teach the people, again, the meaning of separation. I was getting ready to say another thing. I'll say it now. I'm reading Jeremiah right now. I don't know if you've ever read Jeremiah, but I once again, I'm being overcome with this. We read the Old Testament, and so many times we'll think, boy, I would not want to be Job, and I wouldn't want to be Job either. But I look at Jeremiah. I listen to Jeremiah. And I think, oh, my soul, what he went through in calling out the national sins of Israel and the personal sins of their leadership and their priests, etc. And he called out their sins and how he was hated and maligned and threatened. And I think, you know, that's going to be God's people in this time already hated. They don't want to listen to what we're saying there at the Capitol. We're against what they're for, and we're for what they're against. I just, it, it, it's, it's stunning to me how people, who was it, Joe Scarborough from MSNBC said Jesus was for abortion because he never spoke against it. That's a human being. Amen? So very sad. They don't like what we say. But folks, we're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. Having seen that and said that, let's go to chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises... Having therefore these promises, Paul is saying to the church at Corinth and us, dearly beloved, now listen, let us cleanse ourselves. That is something that each and every one of us is to do in our own lives. In 1 John, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My sin is paid for. Yours is as well. But this has to do with fellowship. We are to keep ourselves cleansed when it comes to the directions that we might be going. This is something that we do each and every, each individual. In other words, like this morning when we were having the Lord's table, I can't confess your sin. You can't confess mine. 
I can't recognize your sin. You can't recognize mine. But I can recognize mine. You can recognize yours. And we can take ours to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what we mean when we say, with David, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. If there was ever a time in this country that people needed to wake up. I, was, I got to studying something this last week about an individual in the Old Testament. I never saw this as much as I did before. And I went, wait a minute. This is great. And I saw something in a different light. I saw someone in a different light. And it was great. And honestly, I want to preach on it. I just want to share it. I, it's, it's great stuff. It's just an interesting thing to see in somebody's life and how God used them. It's the same thing here. We catch what Paul was just trying to tell the church at Corinth. We're going to understand the earnestness of his love when in chapter 7, verse 1, he says, Having therefore these promises, what I just mentioned to you, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Let's give ourselves to leaving these things behind, these situations, these compromises, these things where we came together with the world. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and instead perfecting holiness. In other words, <coughs> excuse me, it means to complete, to finish. We want to grow, perfecting holiness in what we just looked at recently, in the fear of God. Because one day, we're gone. And we're standing before him. And at that moment, I'm sure there, well, I think there's a great possibility that one of our thoughts is going to be, oh, my soul, if I'd only realized, if I'd only realized, perfecting holiness in the fear of